Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Presented by BetMGM, Femi Bebefe alongside Mike Pritchard. And we talked about how fast that first hour went there. Great right. stuff from Wes Reynolds on the quarterback competitions around the NFL. But speaking of fast, how quickly things change in the college football and college sports landscape there. Earlier this summer, Texas and Oklahoma declared that they're going to head to the SEC in 2025, maybe mm-hmm. earlier. We'll see. But that sparked now the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten to maybe be on the defensive and form almost their own little thing with a potential merger that we're expecting to take place at some point today. But, I mean, we don't even know what this merger is, gonna, if it's going to be a one big super conference or if it's a contractual agreement to play each other in the non-conference right. slate. But what do you think about this potential merger by three power five conferences well they're going to call it an alliance right (laughs) um this is for money purposes Femi. i mean uh the sec undoubtedly has the most influence in college football in fact i don't know if the ncaa has influence anymore because it's all about the conferences uh the sec governs themselves that way and uh the uh ncaa says yes or uh, i mean they, they can't say no to the sec at this point Uh, So now you have three conferences, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC, uh, getting together from a governance standpoint, uh, alliance standpoint, to strengthen their footing in college football. It's no longer about the NCAA anymore. It's it's about business. It's about name, image, and likeness. It's about Mm -hmm. recruiting the best athletes, influence as well. So uh, if you have a monster that the SEC is, and the SEC feels like they're a pro league, they do. They operate that way. Uh, so I think you have these three conferences that want to at least get in the same playing field or on the same playing field uh, as the SEC. And so forming this alliance, strengthening relationships, uh, putting together key matchups, interesting matchups, money-making matchups as well in terms of your schools, uh, these three conferences feel like they can put together a package that will be pretty appealing. Yeah, this. I mean, to me, it's just... 
it feels like the Power Five is going to break off from the rest of the NCAA and almost form like a semi-pro type of situation almost. Well, the Big 12 is going to go away. They're the Big 8 now. I mean, once Texas and – It's been a tough summer for the Big 12. (laughs) As OU leaves, I know, right? So uh, this is preemptive. You know, the Big 10, the ACC, the Pac-12, they're going to get together uh, and form this alliance. And so we're going to see some great matchups. I mean, think about Michigan versus SC, right? Yeah. Or Ohio State versus SC. Uh, because that's what the SEC does. They they proclaim that we got these matchups every single year, Georgia-Florida or Alabama-Auburn or, or whatever matchups in the SEC. Soon it's going to be Texas and Alabama, right? And uh, Or throw an a- a- A&M in there, too. So they have these games, these showcase games that they can showcase on ESPN or, or the SEC network. So I think this alliance... Uh, from a governance standpoint, and then also from a premier matchup standpoint, uh, looks pretty appealing, like I said. It also seems like this is going to delay the expansion of the college football playoff because I'm I'm sure the – TV networks are going to be jockeying for this little merger thing that's happening between oh, ESPN or that? Fox and right. all those types of things. It's all it's it's a lot of money, like mm-hmm. you've been mentioning, just being passed around from one to the other. But you talk about the games that we're going to get. I mean, the ACC factoring into it, Clemson versus Ohio State, maybe. And exactly. we don't have to wait for the playoff. We might get it in September to start the season off. You know, these are kind of games that, as college football fans, we want. Right. Now, it's not going to be the traditional kind of schedule that we're used to, but I think as betters, we're going to be better off for it oh, than seeing these games. As betters, Femi, it's going to be incredible. I mean, think about <laughs> it. Uh, in, okay, so some people will say that it's going to ruin the nature of college football, that every game doesn't count. I think it intensifies that. Yeah. Intensifies that. I mean, uh, you, you have to beat Clemson now if you're Ohio State. Uh, you know, you, you have to beat SC if you're Michigan, if those are going to be the matchups right there. And uh, also, this lays the groundwork, too, for what you mentioned, uh, I think, the expansion of the playoffs. Uh, and so now, do you have to win your conference championship? No. You can schedule tough, uh, kind of like the National Football League, and be a wild card. And still get there, yeah. Right. That, that's, the, that's the ultimate thing that I think that we want to see is that we want to see those good games and not have to penalize those teams. Too, not so punitive, mm-hmm. at least in terms of a penalty. But what happens to Notre Dame? I know they're kind of had oh, this man. deal with the ACC. <laughs> they were in the ACC last year sure. when, it was, when it was convenient for them to be there. It's tough uh, we'll see right? what happens for Notre Dame. Yeah. Also, the Big 12, you lose Texas, you lose OU. You're not invited to the merger. I mean, you – Maybe it dissolves entirely. Yeah, I think it goes away, to be honest with you, Timmy. <laughs> yeah, that's it's incredible stuff there. But this is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM coming to you from the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard. And we've talked about the potential ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 merger. But we've got college football games. Yes. We've been talking all about conference realignments all summer. But we have actual games coming this Saturday, August 28th. It's a beautiful thing. Week zero is here, <laughs> and any game in particular stand out to you on this week zero line? We even have a conference game I in know. the Big Ten. No, I, I like all of them. I, I am a fan of college football. I analyze the, the NFL game, the pro game, because as a player, I mean, that's what I do now. But in terms of uh, my fandom, uh, it's, it's aligned with college football. And now that I get to bet these games, uh, it really aligns with college football. So I'm looking forward to all these matchups. Uh, Nebraska, Illinois, uh, that's the game that I targeted early on, uh, early on in the summer, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And, but then the, the NCAA investigation kind of has clouded that for me mm-hmm. uh, a little bit because I was all over Nebraska. I think that line opened up uh, Nebraska minus seven on the road because Illinois going through changes, a new head coach, uh, not a very talented program right now either. I thought it was a chance to back the Cornhuskers. And, and maybe it, there still is a chance as they're backed into a corner. Scott Frost, the head coach, is backed into a corner. He's got NCAA investigation going on. Yeah. I mean, that's unheard of, really, for Nebraska, right? It's, it's not what you want. No, Tom Osborne. <laughs> I mean, what is he doing right now? I mean, <laughs> you got to get your, your sure. Nebraska digs in as a Colorado I do, guy. I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, uh, Trev Alberts now is the uh, former player, is now the AD. So I think Scott Frost is against it. But uh, I, I still like um, Nebraska in this matchup, uh, even though I would have to lay the seven points. Uh, I might like to under two. Uh, Martinez, a, a yeah. decent quarterback, uh, running the football. Uh, Illinois, they're putrid against the run. Uh, Brett Bielema, he's going to take some time to kind of uh, restructure this roster or build this roster uh, in the way that he had it as, in Wisconsin. And they're going to run a football, right? They're going to have these big offensive linemen. They're going to do that, but they're not there yet. 
so uh, I, I think it's an opportunity to back uh, Nebraska in this opening game. Yeah, I think for Brett Bielma, like you said, like the having those the hog mollies up front, mm-hmm. like you had at Arkansas and in Wisconsin, um, he's going to try to do that. He, he's going to be who he is, and be he has oh, some right. smaller offensive linemen doing it over there in Champaign, Illinois. This Nebraska team seven to me feels a, a touch high. I don't know yeah. if I can. Yeah. I, I just don't. I don't. It's a bad brew. What's going on in Nebraska? Mm-hmm. You talk about with the NCAA investigations and all that stuff. Maybe this is the year that we have Adrian Martinez get that breakout season. I mean, two years ago. I I bet Adrian Martinez to win the Heisman because okay. he, everyone's talked about his talent. He just hasn't quite lived up to it thus far. Do you think that we can get the good Adrian Martinez? Because the talent is there. It's just that he's inconsistent and it was even losing his job last season. Right. His freshman year led to the Heisman talk, right? Because yep. I think he had 17 passing touchdowns and I want to say eight rushing touchdowns uh, for Adrian Martinez. So uh, his freshman year was off the charts. He's going to be a junior again because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have an experienced quarterback that really could be a senior. Uh, and that gives you a chance, I think, for your program. It gives Scott Frost a, a chance, too. Uh, athletically, uh, on the perimeter, they're going to be okay. Running the ball, they're going to be okay, uh, at least against Illinois. Uh, but it's just it's the great unknown. It's those seven points I'm apprehensive about. But I, I do like the under in this game, though. Another game with a Power 5 team involved over in Westwood, Pasadena, Mm. UCLA laying 17 against Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. I kind of like this UCLA team. I think they can maybe put together a decent season, possibly challenge in that Pac-12 South there. What do you think about this line? What's your initial reaction when you see the Bruins laying 17 with a total of 68? So we're expecting quite a bit of points there in, uh, at the Rose Bowl. Well, my initial thought, Femi, is that Chip Kelly has not had a winning season since the Eagles uh, back in 2014. How, how crazy is that? <laughs> That's very crazy. If you'd have told us that back then when he right. got hired with the Eagles that, hey, Chip Kelly's going to be a losing coach in college, sure. everyone would have been like, you're, you're out of your mind. But that's what's happened since he's gone back to school. Right. I mean, he's got a losing season after losing season. Um, I, I think the quarterback gives him a chance. Uh, Dorian uh, Thompson-Robinson, uh, he gives uh, UCLA a chance because they want to go up-tempo. They want to run uh, Hawaii into the ground defensively. But the problem about up-tempo, and Chip Kelly has discovered this, is that if he's not lighting up the scoreboard, okay, your defense is going to get tired because they're out there repeatedly. Three and outs, three and outs. Okay, your defense is back out there on the field. Uh, The easy part here about UCLA is, okay, Hawaii could be stout defensively. We'll see what happens offensively. Todd Graham, Mm -hmm. their head coach, uh, he's a defensive-minded coach. He's getting athletes from Texas which probably is part of his resume, and certainly he's going to help Hawaii uh, build that program. Uh, But not to the level of UCLA. Normally, too, Femi, I would look at UCLA in a scheduling spot because they got LSU after Hawaii. And so you're playing a Mountain West Conference uh, uh, caliber team. Uh, You're a heavy favorite, minus 17. I, I wouldn't lay the 17 in this, though. For UCLA, yeah, I would avoid that. I, I agree with you there, and I think that point that you just brought up there about the look-ahead spot mm-hmm. is why I'm kind of off of this game because you have LSU coming to town the next week, and I know it's week one, so you think, okay, there's no way they're looking ahead because they're just so excited to start the season, but it's a game that they're probably going to win more often than not, according to the odds. So you have to believe that they're looking at that LSU game Mm -hmm. with an SEC team coming into town, a chance to maybe make a statement about the Pac-12 and a chance to really launch this Chip Kelly Mm -hmm. UCLA program that's kind of just been middling along that maybe there's a little look ahead early on here for the Bruins. Normally I would think that way, but because – UCLA needs a fast start because Chip Kelly has not had a winning season since 2014. Uh, It gives them the sense of urgency and the focus. Look, we got to get our opener. We've had all year, all summer. We've had training camp. We've had spring ball. Uh, We should be prepared and and ready to take it to Hawaii. Uh, But I'm just uncomfortable with the 17 points. I I think that's just uh, too much delay and the great unknown. I I think Hawaii will bring it. Uh, I believe they'll play passionate football. Because uh, this is a chance for them to upset UCLA, uh, a Pac-12 team. Uh, and so Hawaii, Todd Graham, all, all this coach does is go to bowl games. Uh, look at his resume. Everywhere he's been, he's just gone yeah. to bowl games. Last year, uh, they beat Houston in the New Mexico Bowl. So he can rile up Hawaii and get those passionate players going. And so that's why I look at the game and the matchup, and I just can't lay 17 points. Yeah, Todd Graham, he's not going to be scared of the Pac-12 either with the time he had at Arizona State. So mm-hmm. he's used to the conference, not afraid of UCLA. Right. But UCLA, in this spot, 
because it opened 14. Now it's up to 17. So I think the value is gone. But maybe Pac-12, to, to win the Pac-12, or maybe to win the Pac-12 South, possibly, if they can put it together right. with DTR, an experienced quarterback. It's It feels like we're just waiting for these guys to break out over there in Pasadena. But any other game in Week 0 stand out to you? I know UTEP laying 9.5 mm-hmm. at New Mexico State, then a couple big spreads. Fresno State laying 27.5, if you're interested in a lot of chalk <laughs> right there. And San Jose State laying 22 against FCS Southern Utah. Any of those games well, kind of stand out? No, because UTEP and New <laughs> Mexico State, uh, I mean, that's the game that I would stay away from. New Mexico State, uh, it's, a, it's a terrible program. It really is. I mean, I hate to say that, but uh, I, I don't know if they can get it together. They're going to play the Mountain West as an independent this year. Yeah, and, uh, It's just a Don Trout, uh, Down Trouton uh, program, and uh, it, it, I can't find enough edge there. I can't find any edge there. Same thing with UTEP. So uh, I would stay away from that game. Um, UConn-Fresno State's interesting. Uh, Fresno State's got a prolific passing game. Uh, typically, Fresno State, too, over the years uh, is a school that if you're not going to SC, UCLA, or Cal, and if you're an in-state student, uh, you landed at Fresno State. That's mm-hmm. when they had it going. Uh, Inland Empire, pa- uh, passionate football fans there. Uh, it's going to be a tough trip, too, for UConn. I mean, yeah. Fresno State is not easy to fly to. Uh, <laughs> so it's a small airport. So you're UConn. You're traveling across country. If they fly into San Jose State or San Jose uh, and land there, then all of a sudden, okay, they're going to make that drive down to Fresno. So now, not only the long trip in the air, you got a long trip on the bus, too, to Fresno. Now, if they can land in Fresno, it makes it easier. But uh, I, I, it's a tough matchup, a tough game, and a lot of points, something I'll stay away from as well. Yeah, and also, welcome back, UConn. They didn't play mm-hmm. football didn't play last, last year. year right? So here, here's your uh, first opening game. You're a flight all the way across <laughs> to California as a 27-and-a-half-point yeah. underdog. But college football is gearing up, like we said. Week zero starts on Saturday. It's like a little appetizer for us for week one because that week one slate is looking awesome. College football is back. Our Saturdays, our sacred Saturdays are back in place with all conferences across the country back in action. Absolutely. Cannot wait for it, Femi. I think uh, that's that's the day. I mean, Sundays now that here at VEASAN, uh, Sundays are occupied, too, from the morning through the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, it was Saturdays for me. I mean, early morning to late at night. I don't care what game was on. Uh, I was tuning in. So big fan of college football. Cannot wait for them to tee it off. Yeah, we'll do a lot of college football later on next week. I'm sure later on this week as we get closer to week one. But Major League Baseball, you said you didn't have any play on the last three college football games. You got a couple plays on the diamond here. I do. You can share with the folks what you're looking at here, even in one of our early games coming up here in a couple hours. Yeah, I was looking at um, some of these games on the schedule uh, earlier, Femi, because of uh, spots, uh, certainly bounce back spots too. Uh, So watching uh, the A's and the Mariners uh, play the A's. They have taken it on the chin repeatedly <laughs> with the bullpen situation uh, against the Giants, and then okay, last night against the Mariners too. Uh, and I think uh, the Mariners have a solid bullpen that they can rely on, uh, and they stay in games. And if they stay in games, they feel like they can win them uh, down the stretch too. So I took a shot uh, at the Mariners in this game, catching uh, it's a dollar forty uh, plus one forty uh, in the matchup against the A's. So I like that game. Uh, I do like the Mets too off a day off. Um, I haven't really decided if I'm going to bet it because the line has moved towards the Giants. Uh, but I feel like mm-hmm. it could be a spot for the Mets because the Mets did the day off to pretty decent that way. Uh, now the Giants, they score, and that could be a problem for the Mets. But I, I think the Mets, uh, they're a team that feels like they have to win the division in order to get to the playoffs. Uh, they kind of lost their way against the Giants, so maybe a good spot here uh, to back the Mets. Uh, I'm looking at that. Right now they're minus 106. Uh, it would open at minus 118, I believe. So. Yeah. Uh, money, uh, certainly people are, uh, have the opinion about the Giants. Uh, eight and a half is the total on that one, too. This Giants-Mets game, it's almost like, who needs it more? Because if you're the Giants, you're trying to stave off the Los Angeles Dodgers in the NL West right. and try to be that team that wins the division, not have to play in that single game wild card. Dodgers are coming hot on the Giants' trail mm-hmm. there. But then if you're the Mets, you look at the standings, you're seven games back in the wild card. It's now or never for this Mets team, and the schedule is absolutely difficult heading right. down the stretch here. So if you're the Mets, maybe 
maybe you can pick this one up at home, like you said, with the Giants having to make that travel across to the East Coast. Right, and then you have an owner that kind of lit a fire underneath. <laughs> did he? Yeah, did he really? <laughs> he uh, Mr. Hedge Fund right there. But uh, yeah, you know, and they responded a little bit too, and, and maybe some momentum as they beat the Dodgers, and, and mm-hmm. you feel like, okay, we got some, uh, some good mojo going here. But a tough trip for the Giants, I believe, but the Giants phenomenal all year. Uh, very consistent, too. The problem with the Mets, obviously, is they just can't score. They can't generate runs. Uh, yeah. They can get a good outing uh, uh, today, keep it close. Maybe they have a chance in this one. Yeah, Steve Cohen definitely made the point that out, saying, hey, can we hit? Going to go into social right. media for Under that. Not, <laughs> not sure if that's the best way or the best possible uh, course of action if you're an owner of a baseball mm-hmm. team. But, hey, I don't own a baseball team, so what would I know? <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the Seattle Mariners mm-hmm. there, they're only two games back of Oakland. They're three games back of the Boston Red Sox for that final AL wildcard spot. This is a team that if they can get this win against Oakland, they're right back into the thick of things there. Seattle, you mentioned plus 140. You're playing them on the money line. They have Chris Flexen on the mound today. Pretty good pitcher. Pretty good pitcher here. This one, first pitch at 1230. If Seattle wins this game, maybe, just maybe, they can end that playoff drought, the longest playoff drought of any North American sports team dating back to 2001, the team that won 116 games. Maybe the Mariners can sneak in, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah. So before the show, I found out that you, you know, you grew up in Seattle. I so, did. Yes. Uh, when I was up Seen there, a lot of bad baseball. <laughs> well, when I was up there um, in in the mid to late '90s, they had it going. Oh, it was an awesome with awesome Alex team. and Ken Griffey Jr. and Bueller and. Uh, um, uh, Buner and um, yep. uh, Randy Johnson. Yep. I mean, they had uh, Edgar Martinez. I mean, they were loaded up there, and uh, they they, had, they were phenomenal. So we actually Seattle's turned into a Seahawks town. It, oh yeah, it was a Mariners town and turned into a Seahawks town. Uh, so yeah, it has been a minute since the Mariners had it going again. But uh, here's a team with no expectations. Uh, 68 and 58, I think, of the record on yeah. the year so far. So uh, this is a team that's exceeding expectations, playing well, finding themselves in a, in a wild card race. And uh, the bullpen uh, is getting it done for them, too. And offensively, they're getting timely runs. And uh, that that's hard, uh, especially against a team uh, like Oakland, who's kind of searching for that from a rotation standpoint down, uh, from a bullpen standpoint, not consistent. Uh, and then offensively, uh, maybe slumping a little bit. You know, it's funny you mentioned that Seattle was once a Mariners town. I tell people that because I was there when I was growing up. It was everybody loved the Seattle Mariners. And people right. don't believe me. They're just like, oh, it's always the Seahawks. <laughs> no, and I was like, it. no, the Seahawks weren't. The, I mean, they weren't. The, you were there for yeah. the Seahawks games. There were some tough years there for Seattle. Now they're obviously a consistent winner under Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. But it was definitely a Seattle Mariners town. And, I mean, the kid, Ken Griffey Jr., mm-hmm. he's still the unofficial mayor of Seattle in my eyes. I mean, that guy's as popular as anybody who's ever stepped foot in that city. But the Mariners. Mariners, this year's iteration of them have won seven of their last ten. So could be getting hot at the right, right. time here. Uh, I think Mariner fans are just happy that they're in it this late into the season. Give them something to do over the course of the summer as they gear up for uh, Seahawks football coming up here in a few weeks. I, I think so. Uh, you know, certainly they'll be uh, uh, enthusiastic about the uh, Seattle Seahawks for sure. But mm-hmm. the Mariners making noise, and you'll see those Mariner fans coming back to uh, oh, yeah. that stadium's right next door to where the Seahawks play, and uh, it's just an incredible area, as you know, up there in Seattle. So it's good to see Seattle. It's good for baseball. I think these teams yeah. uh, uh, like this are, are making noise and could perhaps make the playoffs. And it's a, it's a young team, too. Mm-hmm. So that's the exciting part, is that it's a lot of prospects. Right. Jared Kelenic up this right. year, Logan Gilbert on the mound. He's looking pretty good. So if these prospects can kind of live up to those expectations. There's even a kid, Julio Rodriguez might be the best of them all that's in the minor leagues right now for the Seattle Mariners. If Maybe the excitement could be back. Soto Mojo is what they call it back <laughs> right. there in Seattle. So we'll see how that unfolds. But you are on the Mariners at plus 140, mm-hmm. also on leaning the, towards the Mets. Leaning towards it, yeah. the Mets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how the line right. shakes out there with that one. But it's a, a lot of baseball action going on, but we will be back to talk a little more college football on the other side. It is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but 
Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM, coming to you from the South Point Hotel and Casino. I'm Femi Abebefe, alongside Mike Pritchard, filling in for Michael Lombardi today. We have Will Hill coming up here a little bit later on in the hour, but first, we wanted to talk a little more college football and play a game called Choose Your Champ. Mm-hmm. It's the VEASAN version of Pick Your Fighter, okay. I guess. Okay. But we've got a couple, or a few at least, kind of head-to-head teams, and if they can win their conferences. I don't know if we have the graphic up and ready to roll, but... In terms of choose your champ, the first one I want to present to you, Pritch, mm-hmm. is Alabama to win the SEC. They're minus 165. So would you rather have Alabama to win the SEC or the Oklahoma Sooners, also at minus 165, to win the Big 12? Which one would you choose? Oh, that's a tough one right there. You know, Alabama, uh, a lot of things are stacked against Alabama, in my opinion. Or Are they going to be able to go wire to wire, AP, preseason, number one? Are they going to be able to run the table all year long with a new quarterback, a young quarterback, uh, even though they're excited about him? Uh, and then 
finish it off with a national championship. That's going to be tough to do. A lot of pressure right there. Uh, or OU in a conference in, in which that conference is going to hate them. Uh, they also have a top 10 team in Iowa State to contend with later on in the year in November. Uh, Texas always uh, is going to be that rivalry situation, that game there for OU too. So uh, it's a tough one, but I'm going to back OU this way uh, in terms of minus 165. Uh, I like them to win the Big 12 more so than I like Alabama to win the SEC. How about that? I'm, I'm right along with Are you. you? Okay. I, I've actually already bet Oklahoma to win the Big 12. I bet them at minus 130. Okay. But I, I really love this Oklahoma team. I think this is the year as their best chance to win a national championship. I know they had the year with Baker Mayfield when they made the playoff, but I feel like defensively they're going to be much better this year. Alex Grinch right. in his third year as defensive coordinator there at Oklahoma. I think he really finally has his guys. They're dialed into that scheme. And of course, Lincoln Riley, what he's doing with Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. Rattler is the favorite to win the Heisman for a reason. They're always going to be explosive on offense. They're going to be able to run the football really well. Right. That offensive line is always stout and is able to open up some holes for their ground game. And OU, I just don't really see any really potential threats. I know Iowa State, they are ranked number seven. This is supposed to be their best team ever. But usually when you come off a year that Iowa State had and you're not a traditional powerhouse program, Mm -hmm. you kind of fall back to the pack just a touch. And I think even if OU were to trip up, they're likely going to be in the Big 12 title game because the Big 12, unlike other conferences, there's no division. It's just the top two teams play in that championship game. So even if they trip up, there's a chance – as we've seen in the past, that they can kind of get redemption and get a little bit of revenge on the team that beat them earlier in the season and beat them in the Big 12 title game. Versus if Alabama trips up at, let's say, Texas A&M, and A&M has their magical season, they might be shut out of the SEC title game to begin with. And we've seen Alabama not play in that game. They also got to the playoff Mm -hmm. still without having to play that game, but this is to win the conference. And if they get shut out of that game, then you're out of luck. So I think OU has to be the look here between the two teams. Absolutely. Totally agree with what she said right there. Yeah, and the other one, we have Ohio State to win the Big Ten at minus 250 or Cincinnati to win the AAC at minus 225. See, I'm not buying Ohio State. Uh, Maybe I have a bias towards that program. I don't know. (laughs) For some reason, I don't like them. They're not very likable. Well, some people (laughs) like them. A lot of people do. (laughs) I just can't can't back Ohio State. I mean, I I like Cincinnati to win the AAC uh, at minus 225. I, I like the mindset. You know, this is a team, a group of five team that thinks that they can make the college football playoff. And uh, that defense, too, uh, Femi, uh, is geared up that way. Uh, I think he's done a wonderful job out there uh, with the Bearcats. Now, UCF might have something to say about it. But in terms of betting, uh, I like Cincinnati to win the AAC minus 225. Uh, over Ohio State to win the Big Ten at minus 250. Yeah, I think we're in lockstep here. Okay. I'm going with Cincinnati. The one thing that scares me with Cincinnati is that it feels like we're buying high mm-hmm. because of the season they had last year. And it's like, okay, like, what are the odds that Cincinnati has back-to-back 11-win seasons or something like that? Just because they're not that type of program. But – I do like the program that Luke Fickle has out there. Desmond Ritter, senior quarterback. He's been experienced. And Ohio State, we don't know what we're going to get out of C.J. Stroud at quarterback. They just decided on this guy, too. Yeah, they just decided on him. And I think the number to grab Ohio State was like minus 170, minus 180, which was available about a month ago or so. And the Big Ten, at least, they have more legitimate playoff teams than the AAC, which I think is just going to be Cincinnati or bust. So I think there's some potential hurdles in the Big Ten, depending on how C.J. Stroud looks early on. Now, he might be awesome, and just they bum rush and roll right to the playoff. But uh, Has Ohio State produced a ton of uh, NFL caliber quarterbacks or not, awesome quarterbacks? Not really. I mean, okay. we're going to see Justin Fields, maybe. Yeah. He might be the one. Uh, <laughs> last one, Oregon to win the Pac-12 plus mm-hmm. 250 or Toledo to win the MAC plus 220 real quick. Uh, Toledo plus 220. Yeah, I don't like Oregon. Yeah. Right. At UCLA, at grabs. UW, at Utah. I think Oregon disappoints this year. But don't go away. We've got Will Hill on the other side. We're going to get his thoughts on MLB plus NFL and what he's playing today and in the futures market. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Time to start planning your football contest strategy. 
and the VEASAN Pro Football Guide is the perfect way to start. Our VEASAN experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas, and our guide will give insight on against the spread contests as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VEASAN NFL Guide today for only $19.99 or get VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. It is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM coming to you from the South Point Hotel and Casino. I'm Femi Abebefe with Mike Pritchard here. And we were talking a little bit about those choose your champ props there. Yeah. We squeezed in Oregon Toledo, but we didn't do it. It's justice. So let's go back to that Oregon at plus 250 or Toledo at plus 220. We both like Toledo in that spot. And did you want to extrapolate a little bit on why you're kind of fading the Ducks in this, in this particular prompt? Well, it's interesting about these two teams, these two programs. I mean, quarterback situations uh, up in the air maybe for Oregon. We'll see how it settles out. Uh, great coaching, though, all around. Uh, I think Toledo and the MAC uh, in a tougher division, whereas uh, Oregon's in a weaker division in the Pac-12, in my opinion, in terms of the North versus the South. I, I think mm-hmm. the champion of the Pac-12 will come out at South. You got SC, you got Utah, Arizona State. Uh, you got the Huskies yep. uh, kind of rebuilding a new coaching situation after Chris Peterson leaves. Uh, Oregon, great athletes, a great defender, too. Probably going to be the number one overall pick. Uh, and then, you know, dabble a little bit with Cal, maybe. Who knows? But uh, up for grabs, though, uh, if you ask me. Uh, and, and the MAC. Uh, Frank Solich has retired. Uh, so on that division, Buffalo may be down two. But then on the other side, the west side, I think Toledo uh, will duke it out in that conference. But the, the conference champion would come from that division, though, inside the MAC. Yeah, I think for Oregon, there's a lot of kind of momentum about thinking that they're above the rest of these teams in the Pac-12, and I just don't really see it. Mm -hmm. To me, it's not necessarily for me that I'm so in love with Toledo in the MAC. It's just I'm just so out of love with Oregon in the Pac-12. And at a plus-250 price, I don't think any Pac-12 team should be above $3. Like I mean, I think that I would need at least 3-1 to on any Pac-12 team to bet them to win the conference. Uh, I've made a couple long-shot bets. I mean, I made UCLA a 14-1 to UCLA to win the Pac-12. I also took a little bit dabble on Washington at six to one Mm -hmm. to win the Pac-12. I just don't see the consistency on the field from Oregon under Mario Cristobal. Now, I know they had the Rose Bowl season with Justin Herbert and all that, but Justin Herbert's long gone. He's with the Los Angeles Chargers. (laughs) And last year, we saw this Oregon team lose at Cal. Mm -hmm. We saw them lose their rivalry game at Oregon State in Corvallis in the Civil War. This what do you team, do it's, off of last year, though, because of COVID and, and the situations like, like CU, my school? Yeah. I mean, we, we had a chance of winning the conference, right? And, yeah. Uh, but yet we couldn't play SC because of COVID. We had to scramble and schedule San Diego State uh, at home, did that. Same thing with Oregon. I mean, Oregon. Yeah. I mean, there's I mean, Washington, too. They right. were supposed to go to Eugene. And, I mean, Washington was supposed to be the Pac-12 North champion, mm-hmm. but COVID kind of ravaged them and they had to pull out. Right, right. So how do you do – how do you cap this year now? I mean, because um, you have some teams – we were talking about uh, some of these schools that might have played – uh, in the spring because they didn't mm-hmm. play their season in the fall. And, and that's going to be on the schedule too. So uh, I'm looking at those situations where or not that's going to be an advantage uh, for those teams that played earlier this year in the spring, yeah. uh, continuing their season from last year, or is that going to be a disadvantage? I'm still trying to work through that. But then the effects of COVID, now you have uh, these teams, these schools with spring ball and, and in a full training camp. Uh, so uh, I wonder how to cap those situations. It's so tricky with the – because, I mean – Oftentimes you use, all right, well, we're last year's metrics. How's mm-hmm. the recruiting looking? All right, do they, the coach is still there. They bring back a quarterback. How they do in their bowl game? But like that, you can almost toss, you don't want to toss everything out from 2020, but a majority of it, because it was so weird with right. the lineups and we were learning day of, or even learning five minutes before kickoff that the entire defensive line, the number, the, the first string is out because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So like it's, it's difficult to kind of lean heavily on last year's metrics and all those things, but you almost have to use a little bit of them and also just some kind of intuition of just how you generally feel about that program. And the Oregon program, it does feel like it's on an upward trajectory. When you look at the way they recruit, I mean, they're recruiting almost at an SEC level at this point. And I think from a talent perspective, when you just look at it on paper, they've definitely pulled away from the Pac-12. I just want to see it more so translate to the field on a consistent basis against those teams. And I mean, every college team has their trip-ups, except maybe Clemson and the ACC, you know, just because they're so far and away from the rest of the conference. But I think just from Oregon, 
the at Cal, the at Oregon State, those kind of games, they still have those in their system. And this mm-hmm. year, the schedule is so difficult. There's a reason why the win total is at nine, and it's not at nine and a half or ten with mm-hmm. how much love Oregon seems to have to come out of the Pac-12 because you're at Washington you're at UCLA, which is going to be tricky. You're at Utah, which, I mean, these <laughs> schools on the West Coast hate going to the Rocky they Mountain going there. and stuff. And Utah, Rice-Eccles Stadium, yep. difficult place to play. Kyle Whittingham's program probably hit the hardest of any team in the conference. So those are three tricky spots there, not to mention the out-of-conference game, the marquee game on their schedule in Columbus mm-hmm. at Ohio State. So yeah, we're going to learn a lot about Oregon in this season. Well, we are. I'm looking forward to it, too. But I think uh, from the Pac-12 standpoint, too, I mean, um, these schools, uh, when when they recruit, okay, are they recruiting the athletes from Southern California? Do they have athletes in their backyard? I think Washington sneaky uh, with athletes up there uh, near University of Washington, yep. uh, and that has helped them over the years too. Cal, I think, is is going to surprise folks this year with the talent that they have there uh, with that program. But up for grabs though, in, in the Pac-12 North, uh, if you ask me, in the Pac-12 South, a different uh, animal. Uh, SC yeah. and, and then Arizona State. Uh, Herm Edwards has done a great job, even though he has the situation with his coaches and allegations there, too. But uh, Utah, you mentioned Utah. I think Whittingham, Kyle is such a great coach. Uh, and Charlie Brewer to transfer from Baylor. Baylor, yep. If he can sling it, if he can throw the football around, they're, they're going to be good defensively. So watch out for Utah. I know you said that you think the champion comes from the South. Is there a team that you would favor to represent the Pac-12 South in that title game? Um, I, I like Utah this year, but it's predicated on that quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slovis over there at SC. I mean, SC is going to be talented, um, yeah. but they're, they're that way every year. Uh, I really think that uh, CU, the momentum that they had last year, had a good chance against SC, but we couldn't play that game. Uh, but certainly Utah is just a consistent program uh, with sneaky good recruits, uh, this transfer quarterback, again, uh, an opportunity to take this program to the next level. Yeah, Utah was so close to a playoff two years ago. Yeah. All they had to do was beat Oregon in That's that Pac-12 right. title game, but Justin Herbert and the Ducks, they mm-hmm. upset them, and then they were able to be, go to the Rose Bowl and stuff. So we'll see if this year is the year for the Utah Utes, because we know they are a top-notch program, at least in the Pac-12, always consistent, and you know what you're going to typically get right. from the Utes out there in Salt Lake City. But we'll see how it happens there from the Utah Utes. The Pac-12 always intriguing. Probably the most competitive conference in college conference football. Conference of champions. Conference of champions, as Bill Walton <laughs> likes to claim. I don't know about on the gridiron. In right. basketball this Basketball's past March, it was, sure. it was awesome. But we'll see if they can live up to that name on the gridiron. But don't go away. We're going to try to get Will Hill on with us here as we continue the Lombardi line here presented by BetMGM. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my dance, bro. (laughs) Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. No one raises the stakes for English Premier League action like BetMGM. Sign up for the BetMGM app using code VSIN100. And if your first wager is $1 Moneyline bet on any EPL game, you'll receive $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. The opportunities to win big this season don't stop there. Try BetMGM's one-game parlay feature to make selections within a single soccer game. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN100 to win $100 when you bet on any English Premier League game and either team scores a goal. Bet fearlessly on dozens of sports at BetMGM, the king of sports books. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It is the final segment of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard. The two hours have gone by fast. Mike, so we saved our guest for last here. Will Hill, point spread weekly contributor, joining us now to talk a little NFL, talk a little MLB. Will, it's our first time chatting on the air, so nice to meet you on the air. But uh, I know I know you've placed a lot of NFL futures bets here over the summer. What's kind of your process like before you decide to make those long-term plays here and add them to your portfolio? Well, I think you got to look at the basics. You look at the, you, do they have a coach, a quarterback, a defense? I mean, it's the NFL's. It's a salary cap league. You know, it's not the early '90s with the '92 Cowboys where every these teams are dominant. So, everyone's got their flaws. But I just think a baseline of a good coach, a good quarterback, good defense, pretty much needs some combination of all three to win. And then the schedule. I mean, it, it's when to buy. You know, I remember last year, Ravens were like six and five, seven and five, struggling outside looking in. But their last five games were against I think Cowboys, Jaguars, Bengals, Giants. And there was a good buy opportunity where it was like, look, they're going to probably win their last four or five games, get in the playoffs. And I think he could have gotten them at like 50 to one and, you know, it didn't end up working out, but it's about the the value and, you know, when you buy and, and just kind of mapping out the schedule in terms of, you know, when to fire that bullet. 
you know, Will, I, I get that. Uh, it's about that value, and certainly uh, I want to pounce on that value when I can find it for sure. Uh, but I feel like this year there's so many unknowns, like Dak Prescott, an unknown, uh, the starters for the Rams, and a new quarterback, the unknown right there, Big Ben, uh, you know, the unknown with the new offense. I mean, uh, some of these situations in the National Football League, uh, quarterback competitions, unknowns, right? And, and so from a future standpoint, I see value, but yet I'm apprehensive because of the unknown. Yeah, and, and there was a period in the mid-2000s where we got a lot of sleepers, a lot of teams, you know, from the wild card round out of nowhere to you make the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, when you think of like the 08 Cardinals and the, you know, the, the Steelers one year, the Giants a couple of those years. It's hard now. With the rules now, it's just so favored towards the passing game, towards the quarterback. It's it's really the haves and the have-nots. And unless you have an upper echelon top six or seven guy, I mean, it's hard to win when the Trent Dilfers of the world, the Brad Johnsons of the world like you used to. So, you know, the Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, I mean, you look at who wins these Super Bowls, it's the great quarterbacks. And it's, you know, once in a while you get like a Flacco who goes on a run, but for the most part it's these dominant quarterbacks. So either you have one or you don't. Will Hill joining us from Point Spread, a weekly contributor here at VEASAN. And Will, the pro football betting guide just came out today. We know a lot of the recreational bettors are looking now, scanning through the guide, trying to figure out which futures they want to bet, which teams they want to back long term. Uh, do you have a play that, that you particularly like that you've invested in that might still have a little bit of value left over for people to bet who are entering the market right now with a few weeks to go before the season starts? Yeah, I really like a couple of teams, the Vikings and the Falcons. Uh, I really like the Vikings for the same reasons I didn't like them last year. I thought they were a young team in a year. I think they had 15 draft picks in a year with no training camp, no preseason. They're a team that's really reliant on home field advantage. They had no home field advantage last year. And then they had some injuries, especially in the front seven. Barr and Hendricks missed a lot of times. Kendricks missed a lot of times. Uh, Pierce opted out. They, they missed a lot. They really got run all over up front. And, you know, they get those guys back. They get Pierce and Tomlinson up front, which – to the average football fan, maybe you haven't heard of those guys, but those are two big run stuffers. So they'll get the home field advantage back. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll bounce back in terms of injuries. They're really good on offense, and they were bad on special teams last year. I think second worst special teams in the league. That's something that tends to regress to the mean. So I think the Vikings will bounce back, and I do like Atlanta too. I just think, you know, they, they needed a new coach. They needed, you know, just a breath of fresh air. I don't think they ever recovered from losing that Super Bowl, and how could you? And, uh, I just think Arthur Smith will come in and do a good job. Dean Pease on the defense. They blew a lot of games last year, a couple of 15-point uh, fourth-quarter leads. So I could see them being a lot better. Uh, NFC is kind of wide open. The AFC is pretty stacked with the, with the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Browns. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. After the Bucks and maybe the Packers in the NFC, it's kind of more wide open. So I think if you're looking for a sleeper, probably the NFC is the place to go. Will, do you think uh, the Panthers could be a sleeper? You know, you think about them last year uh, with Bridgewater. They were competitive. They had some injuries, key injuries, too. Uh, they can stay healthy. They add Darnold. They feel like they, they needed a quarterback like that for Brady, the offensive coordinator. Uh, do you think the Panthers uh, is a team uh, that could perhaps surprise people this year? Maybe down the road a year or two from now. I like the infrastructure. You mentioned Brady. I think the owner's a smart, aggressive guy. I, I like the coach that uh, rules one everywhere he's gone. Just not a huge fan of Darnold. I just, yeah. you know, ever since, even in UFC, even, even at USC, even in college, he's just a guy you give the ball away. I mean, you guys know this. Possessions are too precious in the NFL. You can't give the ball away. Um, and, and Darnold is just, I mean, I know it wasn't all him. Some of it was the line. Some of it was the weapons. We blame Gase. But I just don't trust the guy who turns the ball over and makes poor decisions. So, you know, I, I like you thinking outside the box. I, I could see them. You know, go maybe going over their win total, but in terms of challenging for a future, you know, a division that I think might be a year away. Will you have a handful of MLB plays as we transition over to the diamond from the gridiron? And the New York Yankees are the hottest team in baseball. You know, the first half of the season, it felt like it was a disaster. The sky was falling in the Bronx, but ever since they made the trades, getting Joey Gallo, getting Anthony Rizzo, and it's all, you know, rainbows and sunshines out there in New York with the Bronx Bombers. Uh, Overall, this team looks like they're making that push and playing their best baseball at the right time. But in this particular spot against the Atlanta Braves, you like the plus money with the pinstripes here. Yeah, I think you said it well. I mean, this has really been two different teams. They were 41 and 41 ever since then. Uh, they've been kind of the team we expected them to be. I mean, their season win total coming into the year, they're over under with 97, 96 and a half. 
for them to be 500, look, Vegas, you guys know this, they're not off by that much. I mean, this team was going to regret, uh, regress to the, on the positive side. They were going to have some positive regression. They're starting to hit. I mean, Gallo, Rizzo, even some of the guys like Stan and Judge who were not struggling but just not carrying the team you like are starting to hit better. So, uh, And I think they pitch better than, than you'd expect. I mean, now the last four or five, six outs of the game can be a little shaky. Chapman can be an adventure, but – I think if you can get them plus 130 today, that's a good bet. They are uh, a red-hot team. I think you could still get them around plus 275 or so to win the division. they got a pretty good chance. I think they're about a coin flip to win the division. So I like them tonight. I like them to win the division in, in going forward. Well, let's get to another game that you like. Uh, looking at Chicago White Sox, Lance Lynn, no decision. Uh, they lose that game uh, against uh, Toronto. Uh, this matchup for the White Sox, who are below 500 on the road, uh, what are you seeing in this game? What do you like? Uh, who do you like in this game? I like Toronto. I think you look at the White Sox, they're fun, they're young. But there's some flaws. I mean, there's a little bit, I don't want to call them a fraud, but they beat up on the Tigers, the Twins, the Royals. That's a bad division. When they play these better teams, they they struggle when they step up in competition. They just lost two out of three to Tampa. They lost to Toronto last night. And you think they hit that walk-off homer against the Yankees in the Field of Dreams games. uh, That's the only game they beat the Yankees this year. They're 1-5 versus the Yankees. I think this is a tough pitching matchup. Uh, Dylan Cease going for Chicago was really good in the beginning of the year. He struggled since they started to crack down on the sticky stuff in the middle of the season. Barrios is a really good pitcher. He's been okay for Toronto. He's been good, not great. Uh, but I think Toronto, you get a bit of a pitching uh, advantage here. I think you're home. More sense of urgency for Toronto, too. They're trying to get that second wild card spot. So I like Toronto. I bet Toronto tonight. Well, I mean, we're looking at the Baltimore Orioles. They've, they've been a story not because of how good they've been, but how poor they've played of recent. I mean, 18 straight losses, only one of which was by less than two runs in this just horrid losing streak here. They're taking on the Los Angeles Angels. It's the Shohei show against the Baltimore Orioles. Are are you bullying the Baltimore Orioles tonight? I mean, they're plus 120. That price continues to shrink. I don't know if the odds makers are thinking eventually they're going to win, but how how are you uh, seeing this Angels and Orioles game later this afternoon? I mean, this is probably the simplest one of all time. And you, you just play, you just bet on whoever's playing the Orioles. They're just so at the starting rotation, the bullpen, even if they were to get a lead, they can't hold on to a lead. And, and I can't imagine what it's like going to the ballpark every day if you're Baltimore and you just know you're going to be down 4 nothing before the game even starts. Uh, it's got to be so demoralizing. They're just, like you said, 18 in a row, all of them by two runs or more pretty much. And some of these run totals they give up, I mean, it's 9, 10, 11, 12 runs every single day. Um, you know, the Angels aren't going to the World Series or anything, but they're still a respectable team. I, I got to lay the Angels here. I think they're a good bet. <laughs> that's, that's amazing to hear. I mean, this Orioles team, it's, it feels like there's, they eventually have to win, but maybe they don't. <laughs> maybe they also lose out the rest of the way. We'll see if it happens, but we'll be rooting for your place tonight. Also, real quick, you also, Tigers, Cardinals, you like a little quick action in that one, looking at a first, uh, first five line in that game? Yeah, a couple of really good pitchers going. Mize, who uh, was number one pick in the draft, pitched pretty well for an uh, upstart Tigers team this year. Flaherty, who's missed a lot of the year. The Cardinals have really missed him, but uh, you know he was a top four or five Cy Young candidate in the National League. So, National League game, you get the pitchers hitting. I'm going to isolate my play to the first five total. I was with Applebaum yesterday on the, the under for the Red Sox-Tigers. If you're betting these full-game unders, man, you're just you're tempting fate because these games go to extra innings, the bullpens get involved, and, and you, you set yourself up for some bad beats. So I'm going to try to stay away from these full-game unders and, and stick to the first five. That was a pretty rough one yesterday. That's how the betting across America ended yeah. when you preached over there in Applebaum yesterday. But uh, we've come to an end here on the Lombardi line. Will, we appreciate you joining us here this morning, and uh, thanks for giving us a little tidbits here, especially on the MLB Diamond. Uh, you guys do a great job. I appreciate you having me on. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Check out the Pro Football Betting Guide, College Football Betting Guide. They're both outstanding, so definitely worth a read. Absolutely love that from Will right there. <laughs> yes. Making sure to get in all this stuff, the product placement, we love that stuff. Yes. But that does, it for, that does it for today's show here on the Lombardi line. For Pritch, I'm Femi. Come to you from the South Point. Stick around, though. We've got a mall shot, Mike Palm, with the nuts. Come to you from Circa here at the top of the hour.
I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 